Hello and welcome to I Don't Know The Podcast, episode 25, The Real Exorcists. Your mother sucks cocks in hell. A line from the movie The Exorcist that we often quote in the K-Mill house. But that's just a movie, right? This week, we look into the world of real-life exorcists. There are real exorcists out there, ready to cast out demons from anyone who might need their service. But are they for real? Are they really dispatching demonic entities? Or are they taking advantage of troubled people with more deeply set mental health problems? I don't know. So listen on to find out what else I don't know about real exorcists. We've all seen the film The Exorcist. I saw it at the age of 12 and attribute it to bedwetting well into my 30s. But exorcism isn't just in the movies. Exorcism in Christian mythology goes back to the New Testament times when it is said Jesus cast out demons. It wasn't until the 4th century that there appeared to be an established procedure. Exorcism can be found in other religions too, like Islam, Hinduism, and there are even rare cases involving Mormons. But for many, it's a practice associated with the Catholic Church. In fact, Pope Francis and John Paul II are known to have carried out exorcisms. The ritual seems to invoke the spirit of Jesus, splashing around holy water and bashing the victim, um, I mean patient, with Bibles and crosses. Although still rare, exorcism is on the rise and there's an ever-growing number of people who put themselves forward as exorcists. So, if you're projectile vomiting pea soup, your head is rotating 360 degrees, and you're telling everyone in the room to go fuck themselves, you might want to get in touch with one of these guys. Exorcism is the casting out of evil spirits. Some people call deliverance. There's nothing like staring down a demon. Let's meet Father Vincent Lampert. He's a pastor of St. Peter and St. Michael the Archangel Catholic Churches in Indiana. 
He is also the designated exorcist for the Archdiocese of Indianapolis. I was appointed by my Archbishop to be the exorcist for Indianapolis. It was not a position that I sought, but in 2005 the Archbishop selected me for the role. He doesn't seem too happy about it, does he? This guy really does look like a pastor. He seems very calm, he has a friendly face, he wears glasses. He seems too nice to be battling Beelzebub. He told me that he wanted a priest who believed in the reality of evil, but not one who would be so gullible to believe that everybody who came to him was actually up against the forces of evil. Well, it's good that they won't just exorcise anyone. Otherwise, if you're pissed off with someone, you could just call Vince and say, My wife is possessed by the devil. You have to come around here and smack her with some Bibles. When I was appointed, I became one of only 12 officially appointed exorcists in the United States. That number has now grown to around 50. One for each state. Some people will dabble in the things of the occult, believing that perhaps they're just fun and entertaining. But what they may not fully realize is that they're dabbling with evil and they could be opening up an entry point for evil into their lives. We doubled with a Ouija board once while drunk. The room was suddenly filled with a terrible stench. Was it a demon? Or was it the Taco Bell from earlier in the day? There are many people who laugh at the notion of demonic possession or even the reality itself. But the Catholic Church does teach that evil is a reality and it is personified in the person of the devil. So there's the official stance from the Catholic Church. It's real. So over the years, exorcism has undergone many different transformations. Exorcism goes back even before the time of Christ. But exorcisms became truly efficacious or real with the coming of Christ. So he's responsible for this? Some of the manifestations I've witnessed over the years seem kind of incredible, incredulous. I think the manifestations that one sees in movies, such as The Exorcist, all that truly is possible. Eyes rolling in the back of the head, foaming at the mouth, growling and snarling like a wild animal, uh, strong stenches. Oh shit, it wasn't Taco Bell farts. Uh, the temperature in the room will drop, bodily contortions. I remember a person who began to levitate during the exorcism. All that happened in the movie was true. There's an international association of exorcists, which received official Vatican approval just about two years ago. I am a member of that organization, and there's a gathering in Rome every other year. I'd like to go to that. Demonic possession is extremely rare. One out of every 5,000 people who contact me is a genuine case of demonic possession. One in 5,000? That's minuscule. Hello, Mary. How are you? Obviously, this is a ministry that I cannot do alone. So there's a lady that works with me, and I jokingly like to refer to her as my ex or assistant. <laughs> that is gold. The majority of people that she talks to just need a listening ear. I can help answer any questions that you have. Well, I've got a revolving list right now of some people that are local because they would be in our diocese. I have that. One guy from southern Indiana that keeps calling. And, and I don't think he remembers all the times that we've talked. Because he always acts like no one has ever talked to me or ever tried to help me. No and that's what help. gives credence to the fact that this is truly something of a mental health issue as opposed to something that's demonic. That's how good this guy is. 
he doesn't even have to talk to someone to know if they're possessed or not. Of course, it doesn't help too because I also, you know, I was just talking with another priest. He was telling me that he just doesn't believe any of this. You know, some people will accept what the church believes and teaches about the reality of evil. Some people won't. That would be an ecumenical matter. Now, let's get down to some real cases. This is where I perform my most intense case of exorcism. It took place five years ago here in this convent. The items I use for exorcism. And in addition, in my bag, I also have the holy water that I would use. In a holy plastic bottle. I was expecting something a bit grander, to be honest. We came into the space, the spouse who was very strong and confident in his belief, the woman who was afflicted sat down here. You could smell in the air the sense of perspiration, just the anxiety of what was about to take place. Well, you would be anxious, especially if you'd seen the movie. No sooner did the drops of water hit the head of the lady than the manifestations began immediately. She exhibited vocal outbursts, speaking in languages that she didn't otherwise know, exhibiting strength beyond the normal capacity of a person, and also an aversion to things of a sacred nature. Well, we all have days like that. And all this was going on as I was praying. Sancte Michel Archangeli, defendi nos in prelio contra nequitiam et in sit Kyrie eleison, Christe eleison. And so I commanded the demon Leviathan to depart immediately. And then the demon that had been speaking in this very strong, authoritative voice began to speak like a little baby, and then looked at me and said, Hail Mary, full of grace. And there was a shriek, and all the manifestations of evil ended, because the presence of evil was now completely gone. Bloody hell! He cast out Leviathan! Father Vincent seemed pretty calm about it. Let's kick it up a notch. My name is Carlos Oliveira. I'm known as Brother Carlos. I'm probably the craziest exorcist out there. I do stuff that the average ones don't. I go into situations that the average don't. Holy shit, crazy Carlos is badass. I do what I do because of a passion that I have in my heart and obviously a calling from my God in heaven. He didn't wait around for a bishop to appoint him. When crazy Carlos wants something, he takes it. Carlos is such a maverick, he's going to show us how he exercises an old lady. I'm Carlos, brother Carlos, how are you doing? Good, um, my name is Lori. Jesus, did you hear Lori's voice? She doesn't look like she's possessed, but shit, that voice. When I meet people in need of deliverance, I usually start with an investigation. I want to know what they're feeling, when did that happen, what is that that happened that brought those problems upon their lives. I still struggle with smoking. Okay. I'm diabetic and insulin dependent, mm -hmm. and I have um, stomach problems a lot of the time. I'm a smoking enthusiast, but I don't think I need an exorcist. Now, based on what they tell me, I can also perceive that there, there may be other things related to those. Then I start asking questions. Have you ever had an encounter with evil spirits? How would you know if you've encountered an evil spirit? I had to renounce witchcraft uh, because I was introduced to witchcraft. 
Oh. But Laurie just looks like a nice old lady with a weird voice. After the investigation, when I know the kind of spirits that are there, then I proceed to perform an exorcism. Here we go. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, we just come before your holy throne. Thank we you ask that you forgive us of all sins we have committed against you and against those made in your image. Exorcism is the casting out of evil spirits. Some people call deliverance. No weapon formed against us shall prosper in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. When I confront demons in people, I usually start out by making eye contact. Why? Because the eyes are the windows of the soul. You have to go eyeball to deathly eyeball when casting out a demon. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I command every demonic spirit, principalities and powers assigned against this woman right now to surface. From there, I began calling names. I already know some of the demons that are there by that time. Then I began, I go after them. In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you now to loose this woman. Loose her. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. That's when, in some cases, people start manifesting, screaming, falling to the, the floor. Laurie isn't doing any of that. She's basically just laying on the floor. In Jesus' mighty name, feel the torment right now on you. So now I know I'm in control. Now I know I'm in charge of the game. So now I know exactly what to do to get those creatures out of those people. Come out now, demons that have been causing this woman to suffer so much. Get out, get out. Come out in Jesus' mighty name. Feel the fire burning every single one of you, unclean spirits. Leave this woman right now. Today is the day of her redemption. She's still not really doing anything. I know she's old, but... Evil spirits, I'm talking to you. You made her sell voodoo dolls, didn't you? Yes or no? Make them. And put curses on people. Who's talking to me right now? Witchcraft demon. Witchcraft demon is talking, huh? Witchcraft demon. Look in my eyes, witchcraft. I am commanding you. I am commanding you now. Look in my eyes. I'm gonna kill you like I Oh, you're gonna kill who? Done. You're gonna kill who? You. Who do you think you are? It's witchcraft demon. Nicotine, you cannot live inside this body anymore. Nicotine, you cannot. What? I said get out of me. I'm tired of battling it. Poor Laurie. She just wants a cigarette. I mean, at her age, what's the point of quitting? When I pull the demon out, what I normally do is I bind them, I handcuff them, and I restrain them because I want to forbid them from coming back. Come out now and go to the pit. Right now in Jesus' mighty name, go! Crazy Carlos at this point is leaving over Laurie pretending to tie up an invisible person with an invisible rope. Laurie, come up here, Laurie. Talk to me. Laurie, are you there? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, people know the kind of problems they're going through. The skeptics out there can't, you know, pinpoint what other people are going through. Jesus loves you so much. Okay? I love you. He loves you so much, he hasn't forgotten about you. You are his child. And that's the end of the exorcism. Personally, I'd expected more excitement from someone called Crazy Carlos. Exorcism isn't only for the Catholics, though. You can be sure 
that if there's a buck to be made and the promise of bums on seats, then the evangelicals are going to want a piece of it. Just down the road from Hollywood, California, I'm witnessing scenes that are, well, quite incredible. Sounds like a place I stayed in in West Hollywood, but this appears to be happening during the daytime. Tonight, we are inside the usually hidden and secret world of exorcisms. It's raw, confronting, and at times, downright weird. Minimum restraint. Keep it up, guys. Put the pressure on. What bloodline? Meet Bryn, Tess, and Savannah. They are teenage exorcists. That's right. Teenage exorcists. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, you must obey the man of God! What we're trying to do is bring exorcism out of this dark corner that people have stuffed it into. We're trying to show people what it really is, what exorcism is, and that they can get help for things that are tormenting them. Mm -hmm. That's our goal. I mean, you get quite forceful with that Bible and cross. Oh, yeah, yes. that's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, they get so forceful with that cross. From what I've seen so far, it just looks like three mean girls shouting and bullying a less popular girl. They take on the devil. Under the guidance of Bryn's father, Bob Larson, a preacher and exorcist who claims to have performed more than 15,000 of these and can't keep up with demand. And Dad, Bob Larson, he has some history. In the 80s and 90s, he was big into scaring the shit out of parents with the satanic panic. And if you believe Bob, there are demons in this room tonight. Let them go. You cannot keep these people. As he settles into his Do What Jesus Did seminar, more than a few in the congregation become restless. By the power of this cross, you are defeated. Do you understand me, Satan? Defeat it! Who wouldn't be restless listening to this guy? Bob Larson scans the room. Look at me. He's searching for what he says is the devil in people's eyes. To my surprise, it was sitting right beside me. By the power of Christ, I resist you, Satan. Look at me. Look at me. Open your eyes and look at me. Look at me. Get ready, JJ. Get ready. Get ready! Resist you by the blood of Christ. Just happened to be sitting next to the reporter? What a coincidence. I take the sword of the spirit and I'm going to pierce you with it. You got that? I'm going to pierce you with it. He doesn't actually have a sword. I mean, that would be ridiculous, right? Such language in church. How would you answer the criticism that you're just a showman and this is one hell of a show? It is dramatic, but I'm not thinking dramatics. It's just dramatic. I mean, it's pretty sensational when you have somebody you're hanging on to, they're flailing about, they're screaming curses, and then a split second later, they come to themselves and they're a very nice, ordinary person. Now, that's pretty sensational. It's not that sensational. 
What I saw was a middle-aged man shouting close up into a young woman's face until she called him a motherfucker. Over some time, Bob and his apprentices extract Cynthia's demons. Which turn out to be awful truths. A rotten childhood, a teen pregnancy, a family history of abuse. Cynthia, can you look at me? Where there were once the spirits of death and Jezebel, they've gone to the pit and now you're filled with the Holy Spirit and the peace of God. Yes, it turns out Cynthia has had a shit life. Made even shittier by being made a spectacle of by Bob and his daughters. Being shouted at and Bible bashed until she cries out. Do you believe you have the devil inside you? Not the devil. Himself, but demons, yes. Do you believe that demon has gone now? Oh yeah. I feel lift, I feel like a big relief. Okay, alright. Relief she doesn't have to stooge for Bob and his awful offspring for a while. When you're looking into someone's eyes and you can see the demon, what's that like? It's incredible. There's nothing like staring down a demon. Because that's when it really becomes real. I'm not sure if it's demons in their eyes. I think it's more fear of what these Christian movie extras are going to do next. They may be the Charlie's Angels of Exorcists. But Bryn, Tess and Savannah are just as comfortable talking makeup and music as they are the manifest evil of the devil. I don't know what music they're into, but I think it's a safe bet to say that I'd probably hate it. When you let potential dates know that you're an exorcist, what's the reaction? Really? Really? Yeah. Surprise would be the best way to put it. Surprise, but when you talk about it, like explain it, they kind of go, oh, that's neat, that's kind of cool. Believe me, they wouldn't think it was cool if they watched them in action. Bob claims that they are the only father and daughter exorcist team in the world. And that's one of the few things I believe him about. But he wants more. I wish there were a million more. I mean, I'm, I'm not happy that I'm the only one. I wish there were more. In fact, that's my whole point. So you'd like to franchise exorcism? Franchise, of course, is a, a harsh commercial term. Do I want to duplicate it? Absolutely. How dare 60 Minutes Australia suggest he profit from this? I'm sure that's not what his Westward Evangelical Church is all about. So that's what exorcists are like in self-absorbed, superficial Southern California. But what are they like in Birkenstock-wearing, granola-munching Northern California? Father Thomas has been an exorcist for six years, was taught by the Vatican, even had his training turned into a film, The Right. Remember the fat little bitch. Killed herself. She says to say hello. That sounds like some weird training. In real life, he's performed 80 exorcisms on eight people. What? He got it wrong nine times on each person. Did they have to pay each time? I wonder if Bob has heard about this. Well, it seems Father Thomas has heard about what Bob is doing in vapid, fake Southern California and 60 Minutes asks him what he thinks of it. When people of other denominations are performing exorcisms, they're more likely to be really experiences or rituals of deliverance. They're very dangerous. 
They can do more harm than good. So you really have to know what you're doing. I think he's calling out Bob as a hack. Because some of these people could be suffering genuine mental health problems. The vast majority of people who see me have mental health problems. So if somebody walked through the door now and said, I have demons, I have something badly wrong with me, I need an exorcism, there's no way you'd exorcise them on the spot. No. Those poor women down in LA have barely got their foot in the door before they're surrounded by Bob and his brood. But Bob and his daughters say that anyone who attends their seminars must provide their mental health history, which they then study. As far as I know, they have no psychiatric qualifications. It's very different though. When you know what to look for, mm-hmm. you can tell yes. when it's you a demon. Can tell when oh, it's yeah. a demon. So that's okay then. These exorcists are really practicing medicine without a license. They, they are perhaps uh, keeping people from getting real help when they really need s- serious help. Oh, no, it's not okay then. That was Dan Barker. He used to be a preacher, but he's now an atheist. Looking back on that time now, what do you think of that and what you were doing? Well, I'm embarrassed. It's silly to think that we could treat mental problems with, with demonology. So 60 Minutes shows Dan some footage of Bob and his kids. You know, it would be comical if it weren't dangerous. I mean, this is, you know, this woman looks like she's a somewhat mentally healthy woman who's just play acting and going along with it. Yeah, that's what it looked like to me. It looked like she didn't want to embarrass the church in front of the cameras. We're watching a drama, a drama that was not just acted out by the main actors, those, those phony practitioners of medicine who think they understand mental health, but also participating in that drama were the people in the audience. And people got what they came to see and they were not disappointed. That's a pretty fucked up congregation if that's what they went there to see. So Bob is criticized by the Catholic Church and by the atheists and by the psychiatric profession. But does he take any notice? I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. But you see, the establishment Church of America doesn't want to hear it. They wish I would be quiet and go away. Will you be quiet and go away? Absolutely not. I'm not going anywhere except to heaven someday. Maybe not, Bob. Maybe not. Episode Episode 25. The Real Exorcist. The epilogue. So, what have we learnt this week? We learnt that you have to have a sense of humour when you're an exorcist. And I jokingly like to refer to her as my ex-or-assistant. We learnt that you might not be possessed by a demon. You might just be a smoker. I still struggle with smoking. Okay. And we learnt that a demon will freely walk into a crowded church to get yelled at for some reason. Minimum restraint. Keep it up, guys. Put the pressure on. What bloodline? We looked at a pretty light-hearted group of exorcisms today. Crazy Carlos scaring an old lady into giving up smoking. A delusional evangelist preacher bullying members of his congregation. But these things can be dangerous to a person with underlying mental health problems. Some radical churches have been known to use it to try and convert homosexuals, which is horrible. And it gets even worse. Exorcist would be an ideal job for a psychopathic sadist. They often use enhanced interrogation techniques, starving, and dangerous restraints. One of the most famous cases was that of Annalise Michelle. 
She was starved and dehydrated to death by her parents and priests. And they made three major movies about that. And the list of people murdered during exorcisms is huge. They include asphyxiations, beatings, trauma-induced heart attacks. Juanita Gomez killed her daughter by shoving a crucifix down her throat in an exorcism. So, as scary as the movie The Exorcist is, it's not anywhere near as scary as they can be in real life. If you enjoy this podcast, then share it with your friends and let me know. Join the Facebook group and the Instagram, and you can email me at idontknowpod at outlook.com. Special thanks to our logo creator, Raymond Roel of Project Raven Creative. See all his links in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and come back next week to find out what I don't know. Things have